want to turn all your attention to the one who is worthy of all that we try to do in the presence of God. The one who holds our lives, the one who holds our future, the one who is immortal, the one who was and the one who is and the one who is yet to come. In the book of Revelation we read, the one who is worthy to take the scroll and open the scroll and open its seals. The one who, was a, who existed even before the foundation of the earth was laid. And his name is none other than Jesus Christ of Nazareth. This morning I want to lift him up. We are all here to lift his name up because he is the only one who is worthy of all the glory. Amen. Can I hear an amen from you? When Paul wrote to the church in Colossae, in the first chapter, after greeting the church, after thanking God for what the church has been doing, how faithful they have been, Paul talks about the prayer that he makes every day for the church. And then Paul writes something that is so amazing, that is an eye-opener this morning, and it is significant for our sermon today. He talks about the preeminence or the supremacy of Christ. The preeminence or the supremacy of Christ. Shall we go to Colossians chapter 1 verse 13? Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Can you read me? Read with me. Can you read? Shall we read this together? He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Verse 14. In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. Verse 17. And he is before all things and in him all things consist. Verse 18. And he is the head of the body the church who is the beginning the firstborn from the dead that is that in all things he may have the preeminence can you say preeminence this morning i titled my sermon as christ's supremacy christ's supremacy the word the term supremacy means holding the first place holding the first place we are not talking about the supremacy of one doctrine over the other or we are not talking about the supremacy of one person over another. When we speak of the supremacy of Christ, we mean Christ occupying the first place in our life. Can I hear an amen? Christ occupying the first place in our lives. Is he the first in our life? Is he the first in our home? Is he the first in our business? Is he the first in our friendship? Is he the first in all the pleasures that we enjoy today on the face of this earth? Christ has the preeminency or Christ has the supremacy. Christ has the first place in everything that we do on the face of this earth. 
That simply means he has the authority. That simply means he takes the, he, 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 he dominates over everything that we do on the face of this earth. It's easy to say, but you know, we'll see how we can put that in practice. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 14, and if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. There are many things we can do, but if you take Christ out of the church, it's nothing but a club where people get together for fun. There are emotional times in the club, there are, you know, joyful times in the club. People get together and bless one another. Anything else, everything can happen in the club. But Christ need not be there. If we take Christ out of our lives, life can go on in the same way. We are not going to die. We are not going to die without Christ. We will just continue to live the same way we have been living. In fact, I would say you may be more blessed without Christ. You may be more blessed materially without even Christ, but you may not go to eternity. You know, there are many children of God, they go through sufferings in their lives. They are tortured, they are wounded. There are many missionaries, they go, they struggle all day long. If we look at them, we don't see Christ, we don't see the blessing of God in their lives outwardly. But they are so blessed. They are rich in everything. You know, today I am rich because God has blessed me. And the reason why I am able to tell, you may not see me rich, but you, I am rich because I have Christ in me. I have Christ in me. The same thing you can go ahead and testify this morning. Because Jesus is in me, I have everything in me. Paul says, if Christ is not risen, everything is an empty vessel. The birth, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ are the significant, significant events of Christianity. Paul talks about Christ's supremacy, Christ's sovereignty, Christ's superiority, his authority, and his power. This morning, my, my attempt here is to impress you, impress upon you the supremacy of Christ Jesus. You know, we know Christ Jesus is a historical figure. He is. At times, we take Christ for granted. We think Christ is a lamb of God who was prepared to be slain even before the foundation of the earth. We imagine Christ as a beloved son who is always in the bosom of Father God. That is true. We use Christ as a means to get all our prayers answered. We assume Christ is silent now. We know that he is seated at the right hand of God. And, but there's a going time that's going to come. He's going to come in the white house and he's going to destroy all the evil. But Christ is more than that. When I read my Bible, I realize that Christ is more than that. I, this morning, as I said, I want to impress upon you the superiority of Christ Jesus. Let's go back to Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. Colossians chapter 1, verse 30. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us, brought us, transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Number one, Christ delivered us. Can you say delivered us? Christ delivered us from the power of darkness. Christ delivered from the, us from the kingdom of darkness, from the dominion of darkness. A person who is bound, he needs deliverance. 
A person who is imprisoned, he needs to be delivered. A person who is in darkness needs deliverance. At times, you know, people who are stuck in pitch dark, there is no, no way they can come out from the darkness by themselves. Because whichever direction they go, they don't see anything. Wherever they move, they all, they, all that they see is darkness. In darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. How that took place? How that miracle took place? You were once darkness, but now you are in the light of God. How that miracle took place? Paul says, Christ already delivered us. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Christ has already delivered us. Dominion of sin, which is darkness. Dominion of the devil, which is darkness. The condemnation of hell, which is utter darkness. And Bible says, Christ has already delivered us. Paul says, in fact, Christ has delivered us from the power of darkness. Who has delivered us? Can you hear that again? Who has, del who has delivered us? Christ. Christ has already delivered us. Can you deliver somebody? Are you sure? Yes. We can't deliver anybody. Christ has to deliver Nobody can deliver. We ourselves are in need of deliverance. How can we deliver somebody? There is no way we can deliver anyone. Christ has to deliver. Christ has already delivered us. We, those who are already delivered, we need to bring this truth and tell somebody who is living in darkness, listen to me. Bible says, Christ has already delivered you. Can you receive that deliverance? Do you need that release? Do you need, need the release from the bondage? Because Christ has already delivered you. It comes by teaching them and leading them to Christ. To look at Christ and understand what Christ has done in, in your life. Because he has already delivered you. Only Christ can deliver us. But we are the people to lead people to Christ. You know, that is the responsibility of the church. God cannot do it by himself. He is depending on the church today to lead people to Christ. People who are living in addiction, who can deliver? Hello? People who are living in addiction, who can deliver? Not A and A. Not Alcohols Anonymous. They can help you. But Christ has to deliver. In deliverance meeting, who delivers people? Jesus. Amen. Jesus delivers people. People who are evil, possessed. Who can deliver? I cannot deliver. Jesus has to deliver. Only Christ. If you take a wooden cross, the evil is not going to go away. We need Christ. We need to bring Christ Jesus into his life, into her life to re receive the deliverance. Holy water is not going to deliver. A prayer shawl is not going to do the magic. We need Christ. We need Christ for all the deliverance that we need today, that people are in need. People who are living in the habits of sin. Only Christ can deliver. We need to go and bring them to Christ. Christ alone is supreme. He alone has the authority to deliver. Not only delivered, Paul says, he also conveyed. He also transported us from darkness into light. From the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. 
from the kingdom of devil into the kingdom of God. He brings people. You know, today when you see people are pouring into a church, it's nothing to do with the man of God there. It is nothing to do with the people of God there. It is the grace of God. It is the deliverance of God that he is bringing. He is pouring among people. He may use any vessel. It doesn't matter. Amen. Hallelujah. Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9, You are a chosen generation. Read that with me. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. He called us out of darkness into the marvelous light in order to deliver us. Let's move further. Verse 14, Paul writes here saying, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. Not only he delivered us, Christ also redeemed us. Can you say redeemed? It was sin that, was, that, it was sin that sold us into slavery. It was sin that enslaved us. It was sin that made us, put us in bondage. So we must be redeemed from sin. Hello, you're with me? Christ has delivered us. Christ also has redeemed us. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 says, In him we have redemption through blood. In him we have forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Christ has redeemed us. That simply, that means he has saved us. He has saved us from the eternal condemnation. He has saved us through the blood that is the eternal condemnation. He created us and he bought us. Thank you. He created us. Can you say that with me? He created us. Look at me. He will do his job. He created us and he bought us. I came across this beautiful illustration. I'm going to tell a story now. With a lot of effort, a little boy by name Tom, he made a beautiful boat. Tom carried this boat near the edge of the water and he carefully placed the little boat in the water and he slowly let out the string and the boat started sailing in the river beautifully. And Tom sat down in the, sun, in the sunshine and some, Tom sat down in the warmth of the sunshine and he was just admiring his little boat because he built it, he's so proud of it. Suddenly a strong current came and it caught the boat. And Tom tried to pull the string back and he wanted to control the boat but unfortunately the string broke. The little boat was carried out by the water current. Tom ran along the side of the sandy shore as fast as he could, but the little boat slowly slipped out of his sight. He couldn't see that anymore. The afternoon had become evening. He was sitting there and crying for his little boat. Finally, when it became too dark, he can't even see anything in the, in the river. Tom sadly went home. A few days later, on his way back from school, Tom spotted a little boat 
just like his own boat, through a store's window. He looked at the boat, he came closer, and he could for sure see that it was his own boat sitting inside the store, and he could see that through the window. Tom hurried to the store manager and said, Sir, that's my boat in your window that I made it. And the store manager said, Sorry, son. Today brought someone, somebody brought that to me, the store. I'm placing this in my store. If you want this, you have to buy for a dollar. Tom ran back home and he counted all the money that he had, all the coins he put together, and exactly it was one dollar. And he rushed back to the store and he came to the counter and he said, here is my one dollar, please give me the boat. And he got the boat in his hands. And as he left the store, Tom had the little boat and he said, now you are twice mine. Amen. Now you are twice mine. First I made you, now I bought you. You know, that's what exactly Jesus did at the cross. This is what exactly Jesus did at the cross. He made us when we were, we were formed in the womb of our mother. He made us and now we are twice because he bought us twice because he made us. And now he bought us on the day when he gave his life at the cross. We are twice Christ, amen. That's how he redeemed us. The redemption that you have and I have is so precious. Nothing else could redeem us. The wealth of this world cannot redeem us. Only Christ could redeem our lives. Christ not only redeemed us, he also reconciled us back to God. Can you read Colossians chapter 1 verse 21? And you, once you were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled he has reconciled he filled them he put the bridge between us and god the father what is an amazing fellowship what an amazing fellowship that christ jesus brought in our lives thirdly verse 15 he is the image of the invisible god the firstborn over all creations verse 16 for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers all things were created through him and for him all things were created through him and for him verse 17 and he is before all things and in him all things consist christ is everything christ delivered us christ redeemed us now we see Christ is everything. I just want to go quickly. Verse 15, he says, <coughs> he is the image of the <coughs> invisible God. Christ is the image of the invisible God. Not as man. I want you to understand here. Not as man. We were made in the image of God. But Jesus is the image of God. We were made in the image of God, but Jesus is the image of God. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 says, Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. Express means exact copy. Exact, precise copy of God the Father is what sent Jesus. So he is the image of God, then he says in verse 14, he is the firstborn of every creature. That doesn't mean that Jesus was, Jesus was born first. That doesn't mean that Jesus was created. 
Not just Jesus himself was created, but Jesus was there. Even before everything was formed, the firstborn was already there. That doesn't mean that he was created before the rest. You know, there's a theology around there in the world today that Jesus is a created being. No, that's wrong. The idea is that Jesus has preeminence. Jesus has superiority over all the other creations. Amen. And verse 15 again says, he's the firstborn of every creature. Verse 16, if you move further, it says, he wants everything that are created. It's a beautiful scripture. By him, everything is created. Through him, everything is created. For him, everything is created. Can you imagine anything out of these three, three, three different phenomena that we talked about? By him, everything is created. Through him, everything is created. And everything is created for him. How true it is that your family belongs to God. How true it is that your children belong to God. How true it is that your spouse belongs to God. You know, today you can claim, you can claim your family that are not saved in the presence of God because he created them for him. He created the entire mankind for him. This morning God is telling us that I have created you and you belong to me. I own you. You are mine and I am yours. Verse 17, he is before all things. In him all things consist. Verse 17. Hebrew 1.3 again, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. You know what today? The whole world, world is intact. The earth is still as a globe hanging in the space because he is holding. I keep hearing and you know, I heard a couple of times that somebody's saying, you know what? There is one button press is enough to destroy the whole world. Maybe hydrogen bomb or nuclear bomb or chemical weapons. You know what, why it's not happening? There is somebody, a poor woman, he can't even walk. He doesn't know how to spell America. He doesn't, she doesn't know how to spell Canada. All that she knows is to cry unto God. God, protect. God, save. There is somebody praying. There is someone praying already there for your family and for my family, for my nation, and for your nation. This morning, God is telling that he consists, he contains everything, he holds everything. The moment he takes his hand out of your life, the moment he takes his hand out of your family, we are not, our life is not guaranteed. Anything can happen to anybody. Today, we are alive on the face of the living just because he consists, he keeps, he can, contains everything together. Colossians 1.18, finally he says, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. Christ's superiority is greater than every other. I just want to share one thought and leave you. We are going to get you a time of prayer. Christ's superiority is greater than every other. For example, we go to a football match where all the players are certainly better than us. If you remove one somebody, and if we put you in that place, I don't think you can play, you can perform that level. We watch a movie where the actors could perform much better than this, better than us, and they may be much better looking than us. We go to a museum and we appreciate, 
we admire a painting and we admire an artist who painted that painting. We also go to a healing crusade or a miracle crusade and we want to see how God is using the minister of God, how he is performing. And we admire, we take joy in all these places. When we are there, we feel inferior than who is performing there. We feel inferior than the players who are playing there. We feel inferior than the actor. We feel inferior than the painter. We feel inferior than the healing minister. But we still get much joy out of watching them perform. Even though we feel inferior, we feel much, we receive much joy by seeing them perform. Christ's superiority is much greater than the superiority of men. So how much joy we must draw out of watching him performing the deliverance, out of him, you know, watch, watching him, you know, redeeming people, watching him, you know, he's the creator and maybe, you know, he's, he is the head pastor and he is the head who is lifted up in this house. Wherever we go, whatever we do for the glory of God, how much, you know, joy we should draw through somebody who is performing much greater things in our lives and on the face of this earth. We don't want to rob the glory of God. We don't want to give the preeminence to anybody on the face of this earth, to any ordinary man, but we want to glorify God alone. We don't want to give the glory to the pastor of the church. We don't want to give the glory to the head pastor of the church. We don't want to give glory to anybody on the face of this earth. Only one who deserves the glory is God alone. Christ alone. Christ alone. Christ alone deserves the preeminence. No man can take the honor upon himself or herself. Let's not, make, let's not consider people superior than Christ. At times, you know, we get into a situation. We forget Christ. We start looking at people. We start following people. We stop looking at Christ. We don't want to make ourselves superior than Christ. Christ takes all the glory. This morning, shall we just stand wherever we are? Christ is superior than the other. Christ is superior than the other. I just want to just close summarizing the sermon. Let Christ may have the preeminence in our lives, the superiority, the sovereignty, the authority. Christ may take the glory in our lives. No man can deliver us but Christ alone. No man can redeem us but Christ alone. Christ alone created everything. Christ consists everything in him. Shall we just get into a time of prayer?